You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Flames kicked off their short two-game homestand at the Scotiabank Saddledome Thursday night against the Vancouver Canucks with a convincing 5-2 win and two of the most key players for this Flames team, Elias Lindholm and Jonathan Huberto, both with performances that they can build off as the Flames take on the New York Islanders Saturday night. For Hockey Night in Canada. Happy Friday. Welcome in to the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Yes, the Calgary Flames knock off the red-hot Vancouver Canucks at the Scotiabank Saddled on Thursday. 5-2 is your final score. A three-point night for Elias Lindholm. A goal and an assist for Jonathan Huberto. And yes, the Flames probably taking advantage of a tired Canucks group, but a win is a win. That's two in a row for the Calgary Flames who continue to try to dig themselves out of an early season hole. Jacob Markstrom picked up the win. All-around good team effort for the Flames. They look to make it three in a row on Saturday when they welcome in the New York Islanders for an early edition of Hockey Night in Canada. Back on the ice on Friday, we'll hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames coming up, including Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Weger, and Noah Hannafin following their win against the Vancouver Canucks. We'll also hear from Jonathan Huberto post-game, see how he's feeling after finally getting on the score sheet for the Calgary Flames later on today as well. Matt Marchese is going to join us. Massive news in the NFL coming off of uh, Thursday night football between the Ravens and the Bengals. Two key players on offense for both teams done for the season. We'll tell you who that is coming up a little bit later. Jason Bukla, former NHL scout, writer for Sportsnet.ca is going to join us at 2.30 as well. He took a look at some of the Calgary Flames pending UFAs uh, at Sportsnet.ca and kind of ranked their trade values going forward. So we'll dive into Jason's thoughts on those. Also, uh, he and Sam Cosentino uh, releasing some prospect lists. Uh, the November edition of the prospect rankings is up at Sportsnet.ca. Uh, Jason took a look at the top 10 from Sam Cosentino's list. So we'll dive into that with Jason as well. Quick reminder, the fan feedback line is always open to you here on Sportsnet t- today. Give us a, a text if you're listening live at 960-960. My outstanding producers today are Cam and Taylor. 
Let's dive right into it, though. A 5-2 win for the Calgary Flames against the red-hot Vancouver Canucks team that, yes, clearly was dealing with a little bit of fatigue coming off of a, a travel night and a win against the New York Islanders in Vancouver on Wednesday. But you won't hear many here in Calgary offering up that much of an excuse. The Flames were the better team on Thursday. Uh, Vancouver and Rick Tockett certainly weren't going to use the travel as an excuse. Every team plays back-to-backs with travel. It, it happens. You've got to find a way to, to make it work. Vancouver didn't. They got off to a really good start. They got an early power play goal. Their power play's been humming. It was, of course, the threesome for Vancouver that's leading the league in scoring right now. Elias Pettersson from Quinn Hughes and JT Miller. But the Flames able to respond one of their most complete efforts up and down the lineup. And, of course, the biggest news, Jonathan Huberto. You heard the goal from Derek uh, coming in. This was a guy that oozed relief following that goal. And, yes, it's just a start. I, I don't know that it, what it means for Saturday's game, but we hope it's a building block for Jonathan Huberto. But as we hear from him post-game, following the win on Thursday, you could certainly sense a bit of relief on Jonathan Huberto. Uh, after getting a point and an assist and helping his Flames team to a 5-2 win over the Canucks. Jonathan, just how does it feel? We all saw that grin of yours after that first goal. How, how do you feel? Yeah, obviously it felt, felt good, you know, to, it's been a while. So I think, you know, that, that was good to get finally finally a goal and a big win for us. It really felt like the crowd, I mean, for, for the fourth goal at the time it was 4-1. You, you don't normally expect that sort of ovation for, for you. Did, could you feel that that, that love from the crowd today? yeah it was uh, you know it's I take it in I think it's nice to get the you know support from the crowd they've been patient <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know it's, it's, it's nice obviously but you know hopefully that can just get, get me going you know I think it's a good game we our line we created a lot of chances so I think we just got to take that and do it for for next game. We we saw we saw Backlund embrace you. Like, what does it mean your teammates kind of rallying around you and being happy for you? Yeah, it was good. I think you know I come in and and I work out every day. I think yeah, nobody feels bad for for yourself, but you know I appreciate the support of my teammate. I think we're you know we're a close close team, and the guy you know are here for me. So and that was nice. You know when I came to the bench. Yeah. All the guys were happy, so it's good to see. The goal aside, were there other elements of your game, though, that you look at that that's more what I have to be doing? Yeah, I think making good passes. I mean, and, you know, that's what I think I did throughout the game. And that's what I do usually. So, you know, that that's creating creating plays, creating, you know, space for, for my teammate. And, you know, that's what I, I got to take that and do it every game. Do you feel lighter with gorillas off your back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel lighter. <laughs> I guess it's 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 one game, but I think it's huge for me to take this one, and you know, take it to, to throughout the, the next game. Do you feel that support around the city too? Like people come up to you and say stuff, encouraging you to get out of this. Yeah, I think you know, like I said, I think you, you saw it with the, the uh, kind of ovation after the, after that goal being four-one. But I think you know, yeah, I think Calgary is, is a great city. I mean, compared to other probably market. You know, they're, they've been, they're supporting me. And like I said, sometimes, you know, I see people, I think they they want me to get going, obviously, and it's, it's nice to see. I, I know you were a bit rushed on that, but you, you know, kind of have a point blank. That could have been one of those ones where you wind up back at the bench thinking, oh, my God, when am I going to get one? So how, how much changes in that moment for you? Yeah, it does. I think, you, <clears throat> you know, when you find the back of the net, it's always a, 
it's always a good sign. So I think, you know, it's uh, it has to be like like that, you know, every game. I think, you know, just uh, when you start creating things, the, the confidence just comes and you're going to do it. You know, every time you're on the ice, you're going to do something good. And I think even your defensive game is going to get better. You're going to be in better position. And that's what it was tonight. So I think they take that, you know, best game of the season. And then it's a big win for us. I think, you know, lately we've been playing good hockey and a big team coming in tonight and in front of our home crowd. That was, it was huge. That's Flames forward Jonathan Huberto, who snapped an 11 game goalless drought last night with a win over the Vancouver Canucks. He finished with a goal and an assist. Mackenzie Weger, Dylan Dubé, and Noah Hannafin also scoring for the Flames, who moved to 6 8 and 2. And four, one, and one in their last six. Jacob Markstrom made 20 saves on the night. His third straight victory after a seven-game winless skid. His record now four, six, and one on the season. Uh, Casey DeSmith in goal for the Canucks. He took the loss. Finished with 34 saves on the evening. And uh, on Jonathan Huberto, it was great to see last night. It's why I know a lot of the conversation following the game against Montreal was okay, you know, didn't work with Backlund and Coleman. Next step has got to be a, a healthy scratch. And look, I didn't like his game against Montreal. I didn't, I'm, I'm still, I don't know what the long-term fit with Backlund and Coleman, but it's why we have to give these these kind of situations and these new pairings or, or lines, whatever you want to call them, time to, to find that chemistry, whether it's five games or 10 games. One game is, is not a big enough sample size, and neither is two games. First one didn't go well. The second one was much better. What does Saturday bring now for Jonathan Huberto on that line with Michael Backlund and, and Blake Coleman? It's a, it, you can use this as a building block if you're Jonathan Huberto. This was one of his best games as far as not giving up pucks in the offensive zone. Used, uh, I think, his teammates a lot better. I think Michael Backlund, the Backlund bump we talked so much about here in Calgary was a real thing on Tuesday. Maybe helping him slow the game down a bit and uh, find some options, create some of that open ice that Jonathan can succeed in. Nobody's nobody's celebrating as if this is the total weight off of Jonathan Huberto's back, but it's a good start, and it's one that was absolutely necessary for a guy that was struggling to the extent that Jonathan was. It was really good to see, and just on a personal note, it was great to see him show that relief. It was great to see his teammates. You heard a couple of questions about the reaction on the bench, how Backlund reacted to it. People were just stoked for him, and I think that says a lot about the guy in the locker room and, and the fact that his teammates are kind of wearing his struggles with him and want him to succeed. I think that goes a long way to helping a guy get out of it, but Let's be honest, I imagine it's pretty hard for anybody to build up your confidence again until the puck actually starts going in the net. You can do all the right things, but until those results actually show up, I, I do wonder how hard it would be to feel like you're back to 100% or back to your game if you're Jonathan Huberto. So a good start. He mentioned it's it's just a start. He's going to have to continue this on Saturday and, and beyond for it to mean something, but um, perhaps the, the first sign of light for Jonathan going forward on this line with Backlund and Coleman. Let's look ahead now to Saturday. The Flames were back on the ice Friday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome for practice. They're getting set for their final game on this two-game homestand. It's the Flames and the New York Islanders. Note the start time on Saturday. 
It is a hockey night in Canada game, but the Flames and the Islanders going at 5 o'clock on Saturday rather than their regular 8 o'clock spot on Saturday night. So if you've got tickets, if you're planning on going down to the Dome, uh, make sure you get there early for the matchup. Our Flames coverage will start at 4 o'clock with Pat Steinberg with your Flames warm-up show, and then Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson will have the call from the Peter Marr radio broadcast booth here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, what can we tell you about uh, lineups and D pairings for Saturday's game? Uh, looks like they will stick with how the lineups ended on uh, the end of Thursday's game. We saw a little bit of a shuffle from uh, Ryan, head coach Ryan Huska. A uh, bad offensive zone penalty for Adam Ruzicka kind of bumped him off of the top line. We saw Dylan Dubé move up there with Elias Lindholm and Andrew Mangiapane. Created some good results for the Flames. So at practice... On uh, Friday at the Scotiabank Saddledome, per our pal Pat Steinberg, host of Flames Talk here on Sportsnet 960. Here are your lines and D pairings. Dubé uh, up on that top line with Lindholm and Manjapani. Kadri and the kids stay together. Kadri with Zeri and Pospisil. Mentioned Huberto with Backlund and Coleman. A little bit of a rework on the fourth line. Greer, Ruzichka, and Sharon Govich. Walker Dewar still operating as your extra defenseman. Your D pairings stay the same. Uyghur with Anderson. Hannafin with Tanev. Zadorov with D. Simone and Dennis Gilbert operating as your extra defenseman, expecting Jacob Markstrom to get the start on Saturday, but uh, we'll wait for confirmation of that. He's been great his last couple of times out for the Calgary Flames and uh, while not tested a whole lot against Vancouver, was certainly solid enough against his former team, I would think, to warrant the start when it comes to Saturday against the New York Islanders. Let's hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames following practice on Friday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Starting with defenseman Rasmus Anderson, always one of the most vocal leaders on this Calgary Flames team. How did he see that win against the Vancouver Canucks, and what is he looking for when his team takes on New York on Saturday? Here is Rasmus Anderson for the Calgary Flames. It seems like the defensemen are really chipping in on the offensive end right now. Um, how important is that? I mean, it's it's obviously really important. Uh, you know, you want to get contribution from everyone, and especially the D-men as well. And, you know, across all four lines, we did a good job yesterday. Um, it was asked yesterday, and there was a six-game losing streak, and now it just really seemed like it's turned around. And we asked Elias, you know, what's changed? He's a lot's changed. What, what in your mind has, has changed? Um, I mean, I think we've just been better at sticking with it, stay tight and stay composed and... Uh, you know, even if, you know, they get the first goal uh, um, and that losing skate, it felt like it just snowballed and we, we kind of get out of that. And, um, you know, the next shift is a big one and uh, we were really hammering down on that. Was it always a work in progress? I mean, were people overreacting potentially to the losses early? No, you guys don't overreact. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> Jacob's streak has been exceptional, and what have you seen out of him? And was how does that impact your life when your goalie's just in, dialed in? Like he's that? always good, and uh, he's a really good goaltender. And uh, you know, he's uh, one of the best goaltenders in the league, and um, he's always good. So uh, I don't think anything's changed with him. It's just been, uh, you know, we, we've been scoring a little bit more goals, and uh, he's making some really good saves. Can you give us a sense of what he means to this organization overall, whether it's leadership in the room or? Just what he means to this franchise, maybe away from I mean, the game. He means a lot. I mean, he's uh, he's one of the leaders in here, and 
you know, he's dialed in every every game, every practice. I mean, you, you, you got, the fans should know how hard he works in practice, too. And uh, he sets the standard uh, for all of us. And um, he's, uh, he's a really good teammate. And uh, he's not the typical goalie, I think, you people would say. He, uh, you know, jokes around quite a bit. and uh, But when he's serious, he's serious. And uh, when he's dialed in, he's dialed in. If you came on time, I've already answered this question. But um, yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, as I said, it just you you need that. You need that from everyone in the lineup, and uh, we have a really good decor, and uh, you know, we know we can chip in. Two in a row uh, at home for you guys. It seems like you haven't played a lot of games here. How important is it to take advantage of the opportunities given to you in this building? Yeah, I mean, you got to take care of home ice. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's hard coming in here with altitude, and you know, uh, usually uh, the Eastern teams come on a back to back, or they're going on a back to back. So it's a lot of games usually for Eastern teams, and uh, you know, Van had a tough back to back yesterday. It probably came in late, and um, so it, it's 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 really important to take care of home ice. How much of a lift was it to see Hubie get off the schneid with his goal yesterday? And Lindholm, we know he's in a pointless drive himself, but he got three points yesterday. How much was a, a lift to see those two guys play well? I mean, they, I, I think uh, they always play well, and uh, you know, just because you're you aren't scoring or you aren't you know getting your cookies uh, doesn't mean you're not playing well. So, uh, but you know, for Hubie and Lindy, it's probably you know it's nice to contribute and. Uh, uh, you know, when you're when you're an offensive player, you want to contribute every game, and that's just the way it is. And um, and uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice for them to uh, to get their get their goals and assists for sure. How much respect is there for a guy like Nick DiSimone who had to work so hard to get here and get this opportunity? Is coming up and just making the most of it? Yeah, I mean, I think he's been really good. He uh, ever, you know, even the games he played last year he was really good and. Uh, you know, there was an opportunity on the blue line, and he uh, he definitely took advantage of it. And uh, I think he's been playing uh, playing really well. And you can see his confidence growing game by game too. Uh, you know, he made some sauce passes and cross ice play yesterday, and uh, so he's been he's been really good, uh, especially the last few games when uh, you, you you can really tell that he uh, he gets more and more comfortable. When you win a game like that, people use the term statement game. What would the statement be? I, mean, I think you guys use the term. It's not like we. We, we, we don't come in here after the game and say, call it a statement game. I mean, as I said, you know, uh, Vancouver is a really good team. They've had a really good start, and, you know, it's a tough back-to-back for them. Uh, they probably got in around 2 a.m. and then get to play in altitude and that kind of stuff. So it was a tough game for them, but, you know, on our end, we uh, we took care of business. And um, as I said, even though they scored the first goal, uh, it wasn't a snowball effect or anything like that. We, we stuck with it, and... Uh, and you know we found a way to win, and uh, that, that's what this league is. You got to find ways to win. So, would you say you reached the turning point at some point this season, or you wouldn't use it right now? Yeah. Well, what? How many games would we play? Sixteen. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a little early for that, but uh, you know we we have a good team, and uh, we believe in each other, and um, and as I said, we, we, as long as we have the trust in the group, we'll be fine. There you go. Lots of good stuff from Flames defenseman Rasmus Anderson on a practice day. At the Scotiabank Saddledome, Flames getting set to take on the New York Islanders Saturday before they head out for a four-game road trip. Let's hear from another member of the Flames decor, Mackenzie Weger. He got the scoring started last night for the Calgary Flames in that 5-2 win over the Vancouver Canucks. His thoughts following practice on Friday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. 
You lost six in a row, and they're on a nice run, six in a row. Yeah. What's the difference? Because everyone seems to have a different theory. Uh, I, I don't know. I think the start, uh, you know, it was tough. I thought, you know, maybe a little bit more frustration and uh, maybe chemistry. Um, but I think I, I truly think that uh, we, we stuck with it. Uh, we knew that we were going to get out of this hole. We, we were positive. The young guys that we've called up have done a great job at bringing some more energy um, to the group and in the room. And um, you know, I think we, we've just come to work, showed up, worked as hard as we can. We blocked out the noise, and um, we've tried to get better every day. And we have. For you, you said during training camp that you felt miles ahead of where you were a year ago. Certainly, with the goals. Yeah, way ahead of the pace. Yeah. How, how, how much has that just been confidence? I mean, how, yeah. how much better are you feeling right now? Yeah, I feel good. Um, you know, I just tried to contribute. Um, like I said, I thought Worlds was a good stepping stone for me to make myself feel good coming into camp and um, you know jumping up more in the rush. Um, you know, the D getting more involved. But you know, I've just tried to you know find find a little bit more. Uh, you know, those goals that I can jump in and, and get more goals. I didn't want to wait till the new year to get my first goal again. Uh, that that was, certainly wasn't the play. So, um, you know, I, I think everybody's done a great job at, um, you know, finding the late D-man. I think a lot of the D are contributing as well. Hanny, Andy, um, Z, I, I just think that we have a great back end. And when we jump up in the rush, everybody's kind of, uh, you know, showing that we can be, be a really – uh, offensive team. If I ask about Nick Simone, I mean, he's a guy, a lot of you guys break into the NHL when you're younger these days. Yeah. He had to work so hard yeah. to be patient, wait for his opportunity, and now, like, seems like he's playing great, making the most of it. How much respect do you have? Oh, yeah, that? the utmost respect. I, you know, the grind is, it's tough, man. So, uh, I know that he's probably faced adversity a few times, and he's gone up and down, and he's stuck with it. I'm sure, you know, he's had a uh, you know, a few chats with himself, you know, uh, to stick with it. And he's done a great job. You know, if you watch him out there, he's got confidence with the puck. He's got poise. Um, you know, I've heard great things about him down in the AHL. He's one of the best D in the league. And um, he's, certainly, he's certainly showing that uh, he can be, a, you know, an everyday NHLer right now. So I'm really proud of that. How happy were you to see Puberto score yesterday? Yeah, it was great. Um, I'm happy for him. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool, the fans, with the fans uh, giving him a nice ovation after that. You know, I just goes to show you that what kind of fan base we have here. And, um, you know, I, I, I know he appreciated that. But I think it was uh, it was great to see, and uh, I want to see more of that for sure. Another teammate, like, what don't we see out of Jacob? He's had an exceptional season, but maybe away from the ice or leadership-wise, what don't we see out of Jacob? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's been great. Uh, every day he comes to work with the most positive attitude I've ever seen. Um, you know, he gets guys going. His leadership is great. Um, but he battles every day. Uh, he's the hardest working guy on the ice. He's competitive. Um, and you know what you're going to get from him every night. Uh, he's, our, he's our backbone back there. And, um, you know, it's great playing in front of him. How can a guy like that rub off on you all when you see him working that hard in practice? Or the intensity that he seems to be? Yeah, it's contagious. Um, you know, when you see your goalie, you know, stopping pucks like that and making huge saves for us when we need it the most. And, uh, you know, when times are tough, he's still having the, the best attitude out of all of us. So um, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, I love... I love playing in front of him. I'd eat any shot for him, and I know he'd do the same for me, and uh, he's a great leader back there. So um, we're very, very lucky to have him. You also see our athletes, you don't want to let the highs get too high and the lows get slow. Now that you guys are on a bit of a high, mm-hmm. do you have to pull it back in? And- yeah, you never got, want to get too satisfied. Uh, everybody's just got to stay even-keeled and just, you know, focus on the next day, the past of the past, and, uh, you know, 
kind of keep that swag that we have, but, you know, just, just stay calm and, uh, you know, just keep building on what we've kind of created so far here. How's it been just being on the high that you're on right now, but there's been all this noise around the team about the future and who wants to be in, who wants to be out. What's it been like trying to juggle that? Uh, you know, we don't necessarily juggle it. I think for us, you know, we just focus on, you know, our next team, our next opponent, and, uh, you know, whatever guys that we have, you know, playing that, that game is, uh, you, you know, they're going to work our hardest for us. And we've done a great job of blocking out the noise. I thought, you know, the leadership group, you know, answering to the media, we've done a great job of just, you know, blocking it all out and just focusing on ourselves. And, uh, you know, that all that stuff will sort itself out. And um, But for now, we'll, we'll just focus on, on the Islanders, and um, that's all we can do. Mackenzie Weger, his third goal of the season, got the scoring going for the Calgary Flames. They won 5-2 over the Vancouver Canucks, and as he said, next up, the New York Islanders, Saturday night. Flames coverage starts at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Pat's got your Flames warm-up, picking all the way up until puck drop with Derek and Megan right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan at 5 o'clock. Flames then hit the road for a tough four-game road trip next week with stops in Seattle, Nashville, Dallas and Colorado. So looking forward to that uh, four-game road trip. Later on in the program today, mentioned uh, we'll uh, check in on the NFL with Matt Marchese, host of the Fan Checkdown Show. He's going to join us a little bit later on. Also going to dive in uh, to a couple of uh, NHL topics, including some Flames uh, UFA scouting profiles from our pal Jason Bukla, former NHL scout and now Sportsnet analyst. So, Saturday, you've got the Flames and the Islanders. And then coming up on Sunday, I know it's tough for Stan Peters fans here in Calgary to get excited about, but it is the Grey Cup matchup. It's the Montreal Alouettes and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers CFL Awards have been handed out. All that's left to do is hand out the biggest trophy in sports, maybe the best trophy in sports. Um, nah, no, I think the Cup's better. Stanley Cup's better than the Grey Cup, but the Grey Cup's still a great trophy. Uh, that's what's uh, left to do. For these two teams on Sunday, uh, our pal Justin Dunk going to stop by to give us a little bit of a Grey Cup preview. Owls and Blue Bombers coming up on Sunday. We'll hear from JD next as Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. Coming up on Sunday from Hamilton, it's the 110th edition of the Grey Cup. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Montreal Alouettes. 4 o'clock kickoff Calgary time from Tim Hortons Field. Should be a great matchup. Looking forward to this one. CFL Awards handed out this week. Chad Kelly, Argos quarterback, named the 2023 George Reed Most Outstanding Player. Ryan Dinwiddie, his head coach, winning coach of the year. Too bad uh, many of these Argos won't be playing in this game after... That upset at the hands of the Montreal Alouettes. Brady Oliveira named your top uh, Canadian, most outstanding Canadian, if I'm using the correct terminology. He'll be in the game and be a big factor for the 14-4 and four Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Starting to use that dynasty word more and more when you start talking about Winnipeg and the Grey Cup appearances, the Grey Cup wins they've been able to stack the last couple of seasons. They'll, of course, look to continue that on Sunday against the Montreal Alouettes. Our CFL insider is Justin Dunk from 3 Down Nation. He's in Hamilton getting set to kick off coverage for 3 Down Nation of the matchup coming up on Sunday. Right now, Winnipeg favored by 8.5 points. 
Not many people giving the Montreal Alouettes much of a chance when it comes to upsetting Winnipeg in this matchup on Sunday. How does Justin Dunk feel about the Bombers being heavy favorites heading into this matchup on Sunday? Let's hear from him as he chatted with George Resick and Matt Rosel earlier on Friday on another edition of The Big Show. You know, I kind of do, man. I think there's been a lot of money come in on the Blue Bombers when this line even opened up. I think it was around seven, seven and a half. And I think there is some value there taking the Alouettes plus the points. I don't think I'm going to put some money down on them on the money line because I think the Bombers win a closer game than people think. But I think there's some value there on good old MTL. Chad, uh, pardon me, I was going to say Chad Kelly, but uh, no, he's out of this, and we'll get to him in a moment here. But uh, it was Brady Oliveira who was kind of the star of Winnipeg all season long, and now that we've reached the time where elements become a bit of a factor, you think that's going to be the main storyline to watch for on Sunday? I don't think that's the main one, to be quite honest. And, you know, I would argue that Zach Laris has kind of put up these numbers that people have become bored with. His greatness, I think, Hmm. is being taken for granted. Oliveira did have a great season, don't get me wrong. First guy in a long time, I think it's over a decade, to have 2,000 total offensive yards, had the second-best rushing season by a Canadian. John Cornish, you guys know very well, is the guy that heads that list. But I don't think the elements are going to play much of a factor here unless there's some sort of a system that moves in late into Hamilton. I'll play weatherman here for a second. But it's going to be a little bit below freezing on Sunday. You know, the winds might be okay. Usually they gust a more little more coming off Lake Ontario there where Tim Hortons field is. But you know, I think this game is not necessarily going to be one loss based on the run games for either team or dealing with the elements. I think we're going to be able to see a, you know, a crisp game that's well played and not necessarily affected by slipping and sliding or even massive wins. Uh, Justin, uh, uh, Dalton Schoen and Nick Dembski both sat out practice on Thursday. Likely not probably going to see Adam Big Hill as well. Just how is the injury situation going to play into this uh, this Bombers team as it's just it's been a next man up mentality all year for them? It has been. You know, I would never rule out anybody with the Blue Bombers until that football is actually yeah. kicked off and they've been declared inactive. So, you know, we have seen Adam Big Hill walking around a little bit in street clothes on the sidelines. A lot of people kind of speculated that that injury might be an Achilles injury, but you know, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Michael Shea hates any injury questions. You ask one and he's <laughs> going to stare you down to try to not get you to ask another one. You know, I doubt Dalton Schoen will go, but you never know, you know, shooting those things up and freezing can be a beautiful thing. But I do think Nick Dembski is trending towards playing. Uh, assuming like uh, assuming he, pl- he plays at that added element of Nick Dembski, who essentially he can be a double, he can be a, he's a doubles as a Brady Oliveira, he's a quicker Oliveira. Like how how important is it for the Alice to just focus in on those two players and try and remove them from the aspect? Because really, I, I I I'm trying to find trouble like them trying to stop those two. And it's difficult though because if you just focus on those two guys, then you got Kenny Lawler exactly. on the outside who can make some plays, and there's even Rashid Bailey in that receiving core, and Tuol Tarski that from time to time can make some plays. But you know, I do think that Nick Dembski's value to this offense is a little bit understated with all the talk about Zach Calero as a quarterback and Brady Oliveira in the season that he has had. Dembski and Oliveira become the first pair of Canadian teammates to have 1,000 yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing, respectively, in the same season. Oh, by the way, they went to the same high school. Too, and you yes. mentioned he can be moved around all over. He can play at any receiver position, whether that's in the slot on the strong side, the weak side. He can play at receiver into the boundary or on the field side. He can line up 
at running back. He can take those kind of fly sweep handoffs that we've seen him do and really keep the defense on their toes. So I think you got to focus in on him and he could be a key in terms of trying to slow down that offense, but you can't go all out to stop Dembski and Oliveira because they have some other talented playmakers on that offense. It's kind of been like, uh, it's like over to Montreal. It's been a full circle moment kind of for Jason Moss and Cody Fajardo. You know, they're two years ago, they were in Saskatchewan. They were so close to knocking off this Bombers team in that West final. Had the lead with four minutes left. And then Fajardo, you know, hits the upright and whatnot. We have that. And now they're back together here in Montreal. Just how, how big is that to see Jason Moss and Fajardo? It's like leave Saskatchewan and then in their first year together, get to Montreal, get to the Grey Cup in Montreal. I think it's more of a crooked circle because essentially Jason Moss got fired, right? And Cody Fajardo was de facto fired from the Rough Riders. (laughs) They didn't want him back. So I think this is a redemption story for both of those guys. Now, they've been peppered with questions all week long about, you know, how do you feel about where you are in the Grey Cup and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders having this, you know, terrible season, 6-12, seven straight losses for the second year in a row without you guys there even though you guys were there when they went through this, you know, two seasons ago and they're not biting, but I do know that Jason Moss is such a competitor that there is a part of him that will enjoy seeing the Rough Riders season go down in flames and him being, let's say (laughs) celebrated. I was thinking of some much more colorful language, but by the media here at the Grey Cup, for getting here and full credit to those guys. Jason Moss has really changed his mentality. His actions on the sideline has controlled his emotions. And as it goes with Fajardo, they haven't asked him to do a whole heck of a lot guys. The Alouettes had less than 200 yards Mm -hmm. of total offense last week against Toronto. So let's not go out here and say that these guys are running this crazy offensive text, putting all these numbers up. You know, they are capable of it. Austin Mack is a very intriguing number one kind of type receiver, but these guys are full value for changing themselves because I think Fajardo's gone under this psychological change as well. He's not reading social media as much. I don't think he's reading three down nation headlines as much and taking issue Unbelievable. with them and letting it get to them. Yeah. And that's honestly real guys. Like I've had, what about the clicks changes with him? I know, but you know, the thing is it's not about the clicks and I know he views it that way. We really just only wrote what he said, and he did not come off so well to Riders fans and even his teammates during his time there, especially when it didn't go so well. And I think what sometimes athletes forget about, especially in Fajardo's case, is when he burst onto the scene in 2019 and led the Riders to that number one seed in the West, and they hosted the West Final, and he was a West Division nominee for MOP and almost won the darn thing. It was Brandon Banks that got it that year from the Tiger Cats. That everybody was giving this guy his credit, and we built him up. And it wasn't like we built him up to tore him down at Three Down Nation, to tear him down, I should say, but we built him up because he thought he was having a really good season. So I think some of these athletes now in the social media age need to understand, if you play well, people are going to talk about you positively. If you do not play well and you lose games, then your fan base is not going to be happy, and they're going to pick you apart. That's just how it's always been in pro sports, but I think that gets you know, stamped even more in this social media age. Justin Dunker, Three Down Nation, CFL Insider, joining Matt, George, and Patrick Dumas on the big show earlier on Friday, sitting up a little bit of a Grey Cup preview. The 110th Grey Cup goes Sunday from Hamilton with the Alouettes and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Also some CFL free agency news there. The coaching carousel, of course, 
in the works for a number of teams looking for a new head coach, including the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And, of course, after a disappointing year here in Calgary, the focus on how do the Stampeders uh, build off of what was uh, a playoff appearance. But past that, not a lot of success on the field for the team. Uh, we'll watch that as the offseason officially kicks off in full form following Sunday's game right now. Winnipeg favored by eight and a half points heading into Sunday's matchup with the Montreal Alouettes. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll kick off hour two with some more football talk. Our Friday regular is Matt Marchese. He hosts the fan checkdown show with John with Donovan Bennett across the Sportsnet radio network Monday to Friday here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, we'll dive into some NFL news. Two key offensive stars for the Bengals and the Ravens suffered season-ending injuries on Thursday night football. We'll let you know who they are and what it means for those teams going forward. We'll also take a look at the upcoming Sunday slate of games. Plus an hour or two, Jason Bukula from Sportsnet.ca, former NHL scout, is going to join us. He has a recent piece on some of the pending UFAs for the Calgary Flames and some of their trade value across the league and also a look at some of the top prospects in this year's upcoming NHL draft as Sam Cosentino, one of our Draft analyst at Sportsnet.ca dropped his November ranking. So lots to get you an hour or two. Stick around for it. It's around the corner. It starts next on Sportsnet 960. The fan.